The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I have uh, just returned uh, on Thursday evening uh, from a beautiful and a challenging trip to Turkey. And today, I want to share with you some of what I've learned there and what I saw uh, in light of the beauty of the resurrection. And I'm going to share with you today a message directly uh, from that place. I, I was reminded uh, while I was there um, that I love the church calendar. I, I love that our church calendar reflects our lives, and our lives are filled with moments, for many of us, of celebration and joy, and they're filled with moments of grief. We have, in our own lives, we have Good Friday moments, we have hard waiting moments, uh, like the Saturday between Good Friday as we wait for Easter, and we have times to celebrate. The challenge is, with, with the church calendar, you kind of know when one's coming and you can anticipate it. And the truth is, for most of us, life doesn't really turn out that way. Um, cancer doesn't come upon you with a turn signal. Nobody lets you know that it's weaving into your lane, right? Uh, no, nobody gets married and thinks well, maybe you do at the altar, maybe you have a premonition, I don't know. But you don't believe that that's your, your marriage is gonna end uh, in an awful way. You, ju you just don't, you, you hope and you believe the best. And yet sometimes life, right, catches us uh, by surprise. When, when I was there, I kept having these moments where I would come upon something and think like, what, why didn't somebody stop this from getting destroyed? You, I sound like a shallow Texan. But I'll tell you, I came across, I should have taken a photo of it. It was a 1964 Chevy pickup truck. It was red, it was flawless, and it was crushed by the earthquake. And I stood over it and I kept just, you know, a good Texan grieves over a pickup truck. And, and I just kept thinking like, why was it parked there? Like, why didn't they move it someplace else? But it wasn't like a hurricane where we saw this coming. Nobody knew this earthquake was gonna happen. It happened at 4 a.m. Uh, without any surprise. And many of the places that we walked, there are a few photos and you just see uh, some of the devastation of just, this is, um, this is a, a former building next to one of the pastors in the ancient city of Antokia, which is actually Antioch. It's the place Peter started the first church, just on a mountain up from this. And the pastor there, her name is Elmas, and Elmas's home is right next to this. And that building collapsed, it was 15 floors, and 350 people in that building collapsed. We, we tried that day to make our way uh, to her church, but we couldn't make it over all the rubble. In fact, one of our friends who's an antique dealer uh, was kind of guiding us there. And it's 45 days, so they become a bit jaded by the loss. And we passed a restaurant. Of course, we got there and they introduced me and said, this is Pastor Chris, he loves food. That's what they tell people. And, and he said, well, they said, you love food. You should have eaten at this Turkish restaurant. He said, you would love this Turkish restaurant. Uh, it, it's owned by a Turkish Christian family and they serve amazing food. And I started thinking, well, this will be awesome. I wonder if they'll reopen it. Oh, he said, they won't reopen, they, they all died. And I, I just sat and thought like, what, what, is, what has happened here? And in the midst of all of that loss, uh, we have opportunities, Ecclesia, uh, to share the gifts of hope. Uh, we got to throw, and you're gonna hear about it in a few moments in the message that I'm gonna share with you from Turkey. We got to throw a truly Ecclesia-style 
party. Music, food, games for the kids, celebration. And what you find out after a tragedy is people aren't eating really good food. And this food was amazing. But there was one man uh, that captured me, initially because uh, his name was Yusuf. When I read the Bible, I picture different people in my head. Anybody else do this? And for me, Simon Peter looks like this guy. That's what I always thought Simon Peter would look like, uh, a rough fisherman. And this guy's name was Yusuf. And I love just his, who he was, his, his face captured me. But it was what Yusuf did um, that taught me. And Yusuf watched the party, but you'll see he's got a bag. And you know what Yusuf did throughout the party? He followed the kids wherever they were eating and whatever they would leave behind, he just put it in his bag. And he'd take a piece of bread here and a piece of bread here. There was literally no crumb too small for Yusuf's bag. And by the time the party was over, Yusuf had a massive bag. It felt for me a little bit like the story where Jesus fed 5,000 and they said there were 12 baskets full left to share. And I went and asked Yusuf, like, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> like, there's a whole party here and you're not partying, you're just collecting. And he said, this food, it's, it's so good. Like, it, none of this food should go to waste. And I thought, Yusuf's on to something. And so as his bag got bigger, I finally asked him, like, Yusuf, what, what's your plan? And uh, Yusuf basically said, I have family and I have neighbors. And basically what he said is, we're going to throw a party with the crumbs from your party. And I wondered, Ecclesia, like, can you imagine the parties we could throw with the crumbs from our parties? Like just, just the crumbs we kick off from everyday life would throw a lot of parties for a lot of people. And can you imagine, Ecclesia? That's before we even start to be generous. That would be before we even start to give in a way that might sacrifice. And so today, I wanna invite you into a celebration of Easter that I believe is truly intended to be a party. This is what, um, when I came back from the trip, as you can imagine, this is a long trip, uh, Jeremy and Danny on our staff went with me and they were awesome and we were really blessed to be able to do it, but we were overwhelmed. And by the time I got back all the jet lag, greatly, gratefully my wife said, we're going to a spa. Anybody been to one of the Korean Jenjobong spas that they have here in Houston now? You should go. Um, and if you don't wanna pay the money for a real massage, they have massage chairs. Um, but I noticed that most of the massage chairs were broken because people use them all the time. And years ago, I'd put one of those together and, um, and we had one in our house. And when you read the instructions and you put it together, it basically says, don't use this all the time, right? <laughs> it won't work if you use it all the time. Like it's intended to be used every now and then. And in the same way, when God built you and he designed you, he made you to work six days. And he made you to celebrate and rest and worship and feast and party on the seventh day. And this is what you need to know. Easter is the Sabbath of all Sabbaths. It's the big one. It's the one where today, whatever you do, whether you watch the masters with family, whatever you do, you, you go and be with family and you relax and you celebrate and you recharge for all the things that God has for you in the future. My hope and prayer, Ecclesia, 
is that as we worship today, we're gonna sing some songs. Mitzi's gonna share a story for our kids about the beauty of the power of God and the resurrection. And I'm really blessed today that the majority of my sermon is gonna come for you from a church. And I'll just give you a little context. This is every church we went to, uh, because they're older buildings, every church was destroyed. We, um, this is the church that I get to preach to you in only because the primary roof of this church didn't fall. Everything beyond the altar had fallen. This is one of the churches we're gonna have an opportunity to help partner with and help them rebuild. Um, can you imagine that the churches in Antioch, which is where the Bible tells us the first churches started, um, that we can be the difference between those churches continuing to exist or failing and falling after the earthquake. Our sister Elmas that pastored there, she lost more than half her congregation and the earthquake. And the beauty is, because of the resurrection, we get to be a people today that offer hope. So I wanna invite you, our hope with technology is that this wouldn't just be um, something you hear, but it would be an experience. My hope is that I get to take you for a brief time to Turkey. So um, this is my sermon for you uh, from Antokia in Turkey. Ecclesia, happy Easter. There is no place in the world that needs the story and the message of Easter more than Turkey and Syria. Um, as we stand here, we know that the death toll is over 50,000 and, and we're sure it's been underreported, undercounted. I, I have to tell you, as Jeremy and Danny and I have uh, gotten to walk some of the streets, as we've gotten to meet people, as we've gotten to throw a massive party, it's been poignant and it's been hard. And yet, the hope of Easter is here and the beauty of the resurrection. I wanna tell you some stories this week and next about what we're learning here, about the ways that we can be a part of beautiful stories. And I'm returning to a place that historically has had other earthquakes, other disasters, other difficulties. In fact, in 300 AD, 387 AD, John of Chrysostom preached a sermon about an earthquake that happened here. John of Chrysostom is a saint for the church. He was a bishop over Constantinople. That's an old word that means Istanbul. And over that area included Antokia uh, and the entire region where he served the churches. He was known as a great preacher. And today I'm gonna unpack one of his sermons, a sermon he preached on Easter that is absolutely beautiful. In fact, he was the one to invite us into some of what we've learned and focused on during this Lenten season, what we're describing historically in the church as the Pascal mystery. This mystery that reminds us uh, that we have to lean in towards death and pain and suffering in order to experience new life and hope and resurrection. It, it's literally been almost 25 years for me as pastor of Ecclesia. And there are some things that come up over and over and over again. We experience loss. Nothing like the scale of what we've seen here, but loss. I don't know how many times I've had to invite people into the suffering of a miscarriage and remind them the same advice over and over and over again for almost 25 years. 
Don't ignore it. Don't gloss over it. Don't pretend. Tell the story to your friends. Engage and grieve and feel the loss because it's when we move towards that loss and pain and we acknowledge the sting of death that we can experience the beauty and the hope of the resurrection. It's been on these streets. We've been reminded that that historical message is still important. One of the pastors here that established a tent city, you're going to hear more from, Pastor Chank. He's a pastor in Istanbul who did what we do. Um, when a hurricane happens, what do we do? We move towards our friends that are suffering. I've told you historically, you can find out who your friends are when life gets hard. You go through a divorce. You go through a bankruptcy. You lose your job. You, you get depressed. You know your friends because your friends move towards you. And Ecclesia, this week, as a community, we have moved towards the people of Turkey. And we want to be here to feed, to care for, to support the church and the work that they need to do. And this building, it's a perfect example of what's happening. Part of it is fallen and destroyed, and part of it is standing, and it's strong. And what we want to do is come around that church and say, we can do this together because the beauty and the power and the hope of the resurrection changes everything. In John 12, Jesus reminded us that this kind of loss was essential to death. He turns to Philip and to Andrew in verse 23, and he says, The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, and I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat is planted into the ground and dies, it remains a solitary seed. But when it's planted, it produces in death a great harvest. Jesus reminded us that it's in that death and our willingness to let go that then we see beautiful things begin to happen. And I've got to tell you, it is dark here. It is hard here. We have come across many buildings that haven't even begun uh, to be excavated and pulled back. And you know, because it was 4 a.m. here when this happened, that there are remains in those buildings. And it's hard to look at. It's hard to absorb. And yet, it's in that place of death that we believe God is offering new life. And so this week, we want to be like John and Peter, that when they got the news that something might have happened, they started to run towards the tomb. Now, when they got to the tomb, they were a little bit like me. They Literally, John kept telling us how fast he runs, and he got there first. He got there first, but he didn't want to go in. He didn't want to see what he thought he would find inside of that tomb. And it's in that story of resurrection that in this area, St. John of Chrysostom preached a sermon. And this is what St. John of Chrysostom said. The Lord is risen. And you would say, he is risen indeed. If there are devout and God-loving people here, let them enjoy this beautiful, radiant festival. Easter is a festival. If there are prudent servants, enter joyously into the Lord's joy. Whoever may be spent from fasting, enjoy now your reward. What is St. John of Chrysostom telling us? Today is a feasting day. Today we celebrate. Ecclesia, whatever is good and right in the world, I want you to focus on it today. Whatever is broken and may be made right, today's a day of faith. Today's a day we believe that God will make it right. And so will you celebrate those things? Celebrate those things that are not yet. I want to join in with this church. They're in the process of trying to get this building back from the state that took it from them and rebuild. And I want to join with you in imagining all of this beyond the altar. Everything was destroyed. 
There's a beautiful, beautiful statue of Jesus. And somehow, in the midst of all the rubble, it survived, and it made it through. St. John of Chrysostom goes on in his sermon, and he says, Whoever has toiled from the first hour, receive today your just settlement. If any came after the third hour, celebrate gratefully. If any of you arrived after the sixth, have no misgivings. You have lost nothing. If some has been as late as the ninth, come forward. Do not be at a loss. If any of you have arrived only at the 11th hour, do not be dismayed at being late. And then he says this. He says, the master is gracious. He accepts the last even as the first. He gives rest to those of the 11th as well as those who have labored from the first. He is lenient with the last while looking after the first. To the one he gives, to the other he gives freely. He accepts the labors and welcomes the effort honors the deed, but commends the intent. So all of you enter into the joy of the Lord. First and second, share the bounty. What is St. John saying? It feels a little bit like some of us. Anybody feel like you were late to the party? Maybe your journey of faith started too late and you look back at your life and think, I wasted all those years. Or maybe you were in the faith, but you just, you didn't listen. God told you, like, if you could do, and you just didn't listen, and you're late to the party, and this is the good news of Easter, St. John of Christus instead, in 387, that even if you're late to the party, you're at the party, so celebrate, the master's gracious, and even if you arrived late, you have arrived, and you are here, and Easter is worth celebrating. Then St. John goes on, and he says this, this sermon is so good, can you believe it was preached so many years ago? He says, rich and poor alike, celebrate together. Sober or heedless, honor the day. Those who fasted and those who did not, rejoice today. The table is full. Everyone fare sumptuously. The calf is fatted. No one go away hungry. Everyone savor the banquet of faith. Relish the riches of his goodness. No one need lament poverty. For the kingdom is seen as universal. No one need grieve over sins. Forgiveness has dawned from the tomb. Ecclesia, I got to tell you, I hate disasters. I hate them. This is the most grievous I have ever seen. I was in Haiti after the earthquake there, and it was awful. But this is a scale I can't even comprehend. I hate disasters, but I tell you what I love. I love a flat table. And after a hurricane, after an earthquake, it doesn't matter how rich you are. No one cares. You're in the streets like everyone else. And there is something about this flat table, this place of gratitude for whatever we're given, our daily bread. We threw a party this week that was truly epic, even for Ecclesia standards. We we had friends that came and made kebabs. And I got to tell you, Everybody wants good food, no matter where you are. And our brothers and sisters were celebrating. And I was captured by the kids. I was captured by the moms. Moms get so excited to feed their kids good food. It it was so delicious. Everyone loved it. The bread, uh, the kebabs, all of it was just beautiful. And it's in that place that I'm reminded, like, we all belong together, hungry, with a flat table. And then St. John of Chrysostom closed his Easter sermon this way. He said, no one need fear death. The Savior's death has freed us from it. The birds are chirping to celebrate it. While it's captive, he stifled it. He despoiled Hades 
as he descended into it. And this is what he says. He closes with these words, Christ is risen and you were overthrown. Christ is risen and demons have fallen. Christ is risen and angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life rules. Christ is risen and not one dead remains in the tomb. Ecclesia in Turkey and Syria, that's good news. For Christ having risen from the dead has become the first fruits of those that slept. To him be the glory and the dominion forever. Amen. Ecclesia, we believe that even in the face of death, that resurrection is real, that there will be a great rejoicing. And so will you join with me and with the people of Turkey in declaring that death does not have the final word. I wanna invite you now to stand with us and we're going to sing together our friend Thad Cockrell's amazing song that reminds us that even in the pain and the sorrow of death, there is hope and there is beauty and there will be a great rejoicing. Let us sing it together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.